0: Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, Anthology is a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with the Twilight Zone. But in honor of Black Mirror's new season that premiered on Netflix on October 21st, I'm covering each episode of Charlie Brooker's technophobic sci-fi anthology series in this bonus episode series. You can find more of Anthology at anthologypod.com. And if you want to contact me, you can use the Facebook page at facebook.com anthologypod Uh, Tweet me at ObsessiveViewer, send an email to Matt at ObsessiveViewer.com, or call and leave me a voicemail at 317-762-6099. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews I get, the easier it will be for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And finally, if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on anthologypod.com or the donate link in the show notes of this episode. Any and all donations made will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running and is extraordinarily appreciated. Today in this bonus episode of the podcast, I'll be discussing The Waldo Moment. It's the third episode of Black Mirror's second series, and it originally aired on February 25th, 2013 on Channel 4 in the UK. And as always, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read a detailed plot summary courtesy of Wikipedia, and then I'll go into my review of the episode. As always, these the summary and the review itself is extremely spoiler heavy, so if you haven't seen the episode yet, Uh, Please go check it out. It's available on Netflix, and uh, come back and listen to the episode after you've watched it. Jamie Salter is a failed comedian who performs the voice and movements via performance capture of a blue cartoon bear named Waldo, who interviews politicians and other authority figures. The interviewees are fooled into thinking the Waldo interviews are for a children's TV program when they're actually for a late-night topical comedy show, Waldo the Bear is extremely is extremely popular with the British public and a pilot for his new series or for his own series is commissioned but despite the character's success Jamie is depressed and unsatisfied with his life During a brainstorming session for the Waldo pilot producer Jack Napier who owns the rights to Waldo jokingly suggests that Waldo should compete against real politicians in an upcoming by-election in the town of Stentonford so he can stand against one of his past interviewees, conservative candidate Liam Monroe. Jamie at first opposes the idea, worrying worried about entering the world of politics, but he soon reluctantly agrees to go ahead with the plan. The production company head off on a campaign trail, projecting Waldo onto a screen on the side of a van and driving uh, to wherever Monroe is campaigning. so Walter can publicly so Waldo can publicly humiliate him. During the campaign, Jamie meets Gwendolyn Harris, the by-elections labor candidate who, despite having no chance of winning, is entering the by-election to further her own political career. Jamie and Gwendolyn grow close, and they have a one-night stand. But afterwards, Gwendolyn is warned, warned by her campaign manager to keep away from Jamie during the campaign. Jamie can't understand why she is avoiding him and develops a disdain for career politicians. On a TV panel show with every party candidate as a guest, Monroe mocks both Waldo and Jamie, taunting him by saying Waldo is nothing more than a joke, and Jamie himself hasn't uh, hasn't achieved anything in his comedy career. This aggravation causes Jamie to angrily rant at every candidate on the panel, accusing them of being more art- artificial than Waldo is, viciously exposing Gwendolyn as a career politician, and stating that the public has lost faith in politi- uh, politicians. Jamie is later embarrassed by his outburst, but the rant becomes a hit on YouTube and Waldo gains more public support while Gwendolyn's campaign quickly falters and the Labor Party distances itself from her. Both Jamie and Napier meet with an American who introduces himself as a member of the agency, who claims that due to his independent stance, Waldo has the potential to become a global authority figure, much to the disdain of Jamie. After a heated argument with Napier, Jamie opts to leave the campaign. He tries to apologize to Gwendolyn for his actions, but she turns him away, enraged that he, has div- that he has damaged her career. On the final day of the campaign trail, Jamie rejoins but is overwhelmed by guilt and breaks down at a rally, begging the public not to vote for Waldo, leaving the van and trying to smash the screen. Napier takes over Waldo's controls and orders the public to attack Jamie. On the day of the election, Jamie watches the results from a hospital bed. Monroe wins with Waldo, now voiced by Napier, coming second, and Gwendolyn coming third. Napier prompts the audience to riot. During the end credits, Jamie is shown to have become homeless and is living on the street. He sees Waldo on a nearby monitor displaying what are assumed to be political ads on a global scale and angrily throws a bottle at the screen, which leads to him being assaulted by two police officers. Okay, I'm going to get us kicked off with a quick talent rundown of this episode. Starring as Jamie is Daniel Rigby. This is his only episode of Black Mirror, of course. Um, he started out as a stand-up comic, and he has a lot of TV credits. Uh, he's currently working on a Watership Down miniseries. And uh, appearing as Gwendolyn Harris is Chloe P- Purry Um <laughs> Uh, this is her only episode of black mirror and she is going to be playing Emily Bronte in an up in an upcoming TV movie called to walk invisible and running out the cast is as Liam Monroe is Tobias Menzies. This is his only episode of black mirror and he is known for his role as Edmure Tully in G- game of Thrones. He also appeared in the night manager and he was also in HBO's Rome and writer for this episode is Charlie Brooker. And I, I'll link to a, uh, an interview that he gave with Vulture with uh, Jesse Single, uh, where he talks about this episode and about how it, uh, ties into, you know, politics of today. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and ra- read a quick, uh, excerpt from it, but I'll put a link to the full, uh, interview in the show notes. Um, the question he was asked is, Seeing how quickly opinions and behaviors can shift now, especially online, and given how interesting Black Mirror is in those shifts, how interested Black Mirror is in those shifts, do you have any regrets in terms of missed opportunities or themes the show couldn't, could have handled differently? And Charlie Brooker's response was, yes, there was an episode about a profaned and a profane animated bear who runs for office called the Waldo moment in which I think the stakes the stakes weren't right. In the age of Trump and other figures like him who are springing up all over the globe, that episode looks a lot more prescient than I probably realized at the time. And then the uh, interviewer's response was, That's interesting. Have a lot of Americans told you they feel like the Waldo moment predict- predicted the rise of Trump? To which Charlie Brooker replied with, They have. Uh, Waldo was loosely based on the British politician Boris Johnson, who's kind of a quasi-Trump. He was one of the guys behind Brexit and also quite a clown. He appeared on comedy panel shows here in the UK and was known as a sort of an uh, as sort of an oaf, which inoculated him from criticism. Weirdly, there was a feeling that uh, politicians were all bland robots parroting the same platitudes. And suddenly now you've got colorful, colorful characters springing up. Here was an entertainer coming along and taking advantage of that and becoming a lightning rod. And there's intense polarization now, too. That's what we're seeing in the UK at the moment. Some of the statements that our own, that our new government has been making over the last couple days have been shocking. You think, how the f did we end up here? And, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll take this opportunity to just, um, talk about how chilling this episode of the Waldo moment, or this episode of Black Mirror is. Um, I'm not a political person at all, and I don't, it's, I have a disdain toward, politics in general i can't uh, i pay attention during elections i choose who i who i think is best suited for for it but i don't i'm not a political junkie at all and i think that it's anytime time one of the things that spoke to me about this episode and i'll get to my actual review in a bit <clears throat> is that it's kind of representative of, <laughs> of like my feelings toward politics. It's, everything is just a joke. It's, it's hard to take seriously and it's just, ugh, I, I, I hate politics. But anyway, it's chilling in this day and age to see an episode like this about someone who is subverting the political system by being in active, combatant toward it or or not um adhering to the rules or guidelines of the political system um or not following in the footsteps of politicians it's just subverting that that system and it's just chilling to see that that's i mean i i'm planning on releasing this episode on on election day in november november 8th and like i <laughs> it's just it's just i'm ready for it to be over with and everything is it's kind of haunting to see the world like this to see that this is the the two candidates that we have here in the US it's like those are the best that each party can come up with really like this is this is the best we've got this is what we've this is what uh, it's just it's it's just not a very uh, a very promising time. And I just, I'm, I just hate politics. Anyway, director for this episode <laughs> is, uh, Bryn Higgins. Uh, this is the only episode of Black Mirror, but, uh, he's directed a lot of British television. Um, I believe that he's a man. <laughs> I should probably look that up. But anyway, um, there's a lot of British TV credits, uh, to that name. So, going into my review of this episode, uh, my initial thoughts when I first saw this episode about a year and a half ago, two years ago, is that um, I didn't remember much about it, except that I my read on it at that time was that it was an indictment of modern politics and how people don't actually speak about the issues. It's about how people just go back and forth and they don't really... Politics in general has become a farce. And... Uh, this episode at the time felt like, you know, this isn't, this is just silly. I mean, it's, it's kind of a silly episode, um, and a silly story, but I felt like it was kind of one of the weaker Black Mirror episodes, um, at the time. <laughs> and then it proved itself to be pretty prescient with Trump and the whole Brexit thing too. Um, just, you know, now I'm watching it in a new light. So from the outset, this episode is, is pretty compelling. Like other, like all the other episodes of black mirror that I've talked about. Um, this is a really compelling story and compelling scenario. It's, it's kind of takes us back to, um, to a more modern or, or current tech level, kind of similar to the national anthem in to an extent. Um, this isn't an episode that's drawn, uh, that's drawn significantly, significantly from the technology, the way that uh, the entire history of you 15 million merits um, be right back. Like those kind of things. It's not, there's not anything that's particularly futuristic about it except for Waldo and, um, and the kind of live motion capture that they can do on the side of the side of the van. But that's not a negative critique or that's not a critique on the episode itself. What this episode does is it, paints a very significant picture of the political process and, and uh people's disenfranchisement with politics and it's kind of exemplified through Jamie and and Waldo uh and it's exploiting that system in a very uh interesting manner. And what I like about that is that on the, like, that's on the surface. And then underlying all of that is that the Jamie character is just wholly unsatisfied. He's depressed. He's, he's not, he doesn't have a good life. He's not happy with his life. And I, I kind of get the sense that part of that may be because this character of Waldo that he create, created and is, uh, is inherently him. Um, Waldo is this negative force and Jamie on the other hand is kind of the antithesis of that. He is this kind person and he's being thrust into this big throughout Throughout this episode, he's thrust into this Waldo machine that's spreading negativity and, and playing around in in politics that Jamie has no interest in. So like his, his enjoyment of life is being sucked away by, Waldo and his work. And that's, that's something that's really interesting to me and and captivating is that Jamie is dying a slow death, um, throughout his, his work and everything, because it's just not, he's not getting the creative, um, satisfaction that he, that he wants. And as someone who is not interested in politics or kind of dis, uh, has an active active distaste for politics, I kind of latched on to Jamie's story um, and his kind of like sad sack uh, story. And at the start of this episode, we see Gwendolyn as she's being uh, she's in she's in a meeting to kind of uh, be considered for the nomination uh i assume for the labor party for the for this role that uh, was vacant actually due to um a twitter uh porn pick scandal which uh yeah it it happens but um what i was immediately interested in with with gwendolyn's character is that she seems very likable and she's not she doesn't come across as this phony politician. There's a part where she is uh she makes a joke about how she's murdered a bunch of people or she's murdered someone. Um and it does not land and it's juxtaposing like her kind of naive naive charm and uh her not being that stuffy and self-serious. It's juxtaposed by this panel that's judging her And that they're firmly entrenched in this political machine that they're, they are stuffy and they are self serious. And it's just, I don't know, it makes her immediately come across as human, um, rather than part of a machine. It it makes me immediately want to root for these two characters for Jamie and and, uh, Gwendolyn, because Gwendolyn seems like a pleasant person. And Jamie looks like he needs that in his life. That's something that makes you kind of root for them to get together. In, in a way and that's not really obviously that's not where the episode ends up or or leads down that's not a road that the episode leads down significantly but it's still something that that made me kind of want to root for them and um Jamie is a a, a good character, a kind person because he has this reluctance about um the whole entering Waldo into the political arena because he's not a political person. He hates politics. He's, it's, he's a character that I identify with pretty well. And to see him hit it off with um, Gwendolyn at the, at the fundraising event or wherever they were, I don't remember. Um, To see him hit it off with her. It just, it makes me, it made me want to root for them In, in his kind of mental state, his, his depression or his, yeah, depression is developed so well. It's, it's, it's written so well because we have the scene where he calls presumably his ex and she tells him to, to get himself sorted out. And he is just clearly unhappy with, with everything. Even when he brings Gwendolyn back to his room and she says, she asks him, have you had a fox in here or do you live like a 14 year old? That shows that he's, you know, disheveled and, and it's, that's his depression <laughs> and um but but it's not like it's such an understated depiction of of his unhappiness that it feels really real and i say that knowing that here in a few scenes he he says i haven't been happy in a long time which i mean it's pretty uh pretty on the nose but everything about everything about his character is, is represented so well that it's it really stu- uh, stood out to me and the dichotomy between Monroe and Waldo like that that conflict, I guess is funny, but it's uh a little i guess it's silly but it's it's unsettling I guess um it starts out as just pestering him and harassing him and then stalking him to kind of sabotage his campaign, but it's just kind of eerie the way that the public latches onto Waldo like they i mean we'll get to that in a bit, but I mean, Waldo is able to, um, convince innocent bystanders to just attack other people. And that's, that's kind of scary. And then we get this really great scene, um, at the panel where all the candidates are, are at the panel and then they have Waldo on the screen. Um, it's not, unless memory, unless my memory is, uh, hazy on it. It's not really clear why Waldo's there. Or there's not, I don't think there was much, um, reason given to why Waldo's there. If if it's part of the show that Waldo is in or I'm not sure where that was, but it didn't, it didn't bother me or anything, but it just seemed kind of interesting that Waldo was involved. But Jamie's outburst at, as Waldo after Monroe attacks him specifically, um, it's so outstanding. Um first of all, Monroe going through and, and attacking Jamie, it's it's really like I don't blame him for that tactic. I mean it is it is crappy, it's shady, it's um it's really kind of a crappy thing to do to someone. Um but it's also interesting when you look at the episode itself because he's putting a human face to this to this cartoon character that is um, being that is able to control so many people, um, and he's he's being he's being, um, starting to be taken seriously. So, Monroe, it's like it's it makes sense that Monroe is, is going to attack Jamie and Jamie's retaliatory, um, and jamie's retaliation to that is his attack on Monroe on Gwendolyn on on politics in general politicians in general is so outstanding because he the reason that Waldo is such a success is that people are so um so disappointed with politics and and uh, the phoniness of it that he is exposing that he's exposing what so many people are feeling, and that's at the expense of of uh Gwendolyn and when he gets to when he gets to Gwendolyn in his rants like you can feel how upset he is and also how reg- how much regret he immediately has with it and it's really it's a really fantastic scene and then after that we get this whole thing where um Jamie and and his handlers or or Napier and and the rest of the network and everyone they're explaining to Jamie and they're, they're kind of talking about how candidates, how, how Waldo can be something bigger. He can, he can be able to call people, the politicians out on their BS by having like a team of people able to, uh, like Google the facts and everything and call them out in the moment. And, uh, which, frankly, I think that that would actually be incredible to have, like at presidential debates and stuff, have instant verification. But anyway, um, and that scene kind of embodies politics to me in general, or my understanding of politics is that candidates aren't individuals. They're teams of people representing an idea or a, an ideal or a party and appealing to as broad an audience as possible and that kind of thing is is represented pretty well in the Waldo moment waldo himself is this idea manifested out of people's distrust and disdain for politics and politicians and i think that it's represented pretty well and it's juxtaposed well with the actual politicians in the in the episode um gwendolyn is this career politician who's just using the nomination as a stepping stone. Um, It's just, it's really handled handled well. And I love the scene where, or the line where they say that Waldo doesn't stand for anything. And then I think it's Napier says, at least we're not pretending to be. And I think that that is fantastic. And it made me wonder, like, what does, what is this episode saying about Politics and the general populace as well, because as I said, this is kind of an indictment of the political machine by using this character, this um, this rude character to kind of embody people's distrust of politics. Um, But it's so easy for people in the in the show, in the confines of this this world that Waldo lives in, to latch on to Waldo and be guided by him, to be, um, be led by him. He, he, sa- he tells people to attack someone, they attack someone and he becomes this big authority figure, um, at the end. And I, that's such a bleak, a bleak look at something that, um, is an indictment of something that is also pretty bleak from my perspective. It's something that's, um, like the idea that people would blindly follow this this fictional character is absurd on the surface but then we've get we've got stuff going on in our in the world today that mirrors this in kind of a haunting fashion that it's not that far from reality um it's still it's still pretty silly on the surface but politics are just more entertainment than anything these days. And it doesn't really get down to the actual real thing. Like I uh, just scrolling through Facebook the last several months is enough to make you not want to participate in this discussion, uh, in discussion of modern politics because good God. Um, And then we've got, the scene that this next scene with, with the, uh, the American guy who just says that he's from the agency. Um, it's this scene kind of, it feels kind of out of place or mis misplaced in the episode, or it doesn't feel like it quite fits, um, with everything. It kind of, it seems more like they're just setting up the worst case scenario that plays out at the end of the episode. And, that's fine. They do need to do that. Um, and I do like the way that the agency guy, which I don't know if that's like just supposed to be a broad term or if they're referring to the CIA or what have you, but he just says that he's from the agency. So the American guy, when he's talking about how Waldo can be, he refers to Waldo as potentially being the perfect assassin, meaning that he can take down, um, political rivals and, and kind of, engineer things or engineer um, political machinations to 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 go a certain way at the will of whoever's at the control of Waldo and this is fascinating to me because Waldo could potentially become a weapon and it's something that again could subvert um, the political system and disregard the disregard the government it could take down the government in a way and I find that fascinating but I just felt like I just felt like instead of having this, uh, well, I don't. It's it's hard to say because I want to say that instead of having this um, kind of singular story of this political cartoon or this this cartoon entering into politics, and then having just a standalone scene where a guys talking about what this could possibly mean for the future of politics, and then have it come back around at the end to show that you know we. Um, are at the mercy of Waldo, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. It kind of seems like if they were, if they wanted to make that fact known, they wanted to explore that worst case scenario. I kind of wish that it would have been more better developed throughout the episode. Um, and maybe that's at the expense of the Jamie and Gwendolyn character dynamic too. Cause I mean, they had to have time to show that Jamie is an unhappy person and depressed and all that. And that's stuff that I found compelling and I latched onto and I enjoyed quite a bit about this episode. So it's hard to kind of juggle those two things. And the way that it's ended up is is fine enough. It's just, it kind of feels like this scene in particular with the guy from the agency, it kind of just feels like it slows things down a little bit. And I think that I wish that, I would hope that there would be a better way to to, uh, do that without kind of slowing things down. And then, so we've got—we're kind of coming up close to the end. But coming up, uh, we have Gwendolyn lashing out at Jamie um, when, when he comes to apologize, and and he like her, her backlash at him because she's been kind of ostracized from her political um, party and and the political machine. Um. It's just, it's brutal. It's so brutal because you want to root for Jamie. You want to, I at least kind of latched onto Jamie's story and like seeing her ask him what he, what he stands for and, um, what, what he, what he is. It's so sad because he, doesn't really have anything he doesn't really stand for anything and this entire thing the whole waldo thing is something that he is a completely reluctant participant in and he's he's conflicted with it and not to say that the out the outburst at him from gwendolyn was unfair because it was warranted he did destroy her political career um and it's totally like that's totally acceptable it's just it's just the drama of that and the the uh the drama of those two characters being so at odds is uh really compelling to me and I really liked it. And later when when Jamie resigns from from Waldo, and when he's when he's pleading with the people outside the van not to vote for Waldo because Waldo is just a stupid uh clown. And not to, not to take him seriously and that it's, it's ridiculous that you would take him seriously, all that stuff. Um, when Jamie resigns and Napier takes control of Waldo, that's such a turning point in the story because he commands the crowd to attack Jamie. And it is so chilling. And it's in that moment, this episode becomes a terrifying look at groupthink and it's not quite on the same scale as the comparison I'm about to make, but it reminded me in, in shades of, um, uh, the twilight zones, the monsters, monsters are due on Maple street. Um, completely different story, completely different everything. But, um, that episode is one that Serling used, uh, to really look hard at, at groupthink and, and, um, paranoia and, and stuff And here in the Waldo moment, we have a really outlandish and farcical cartoon bear that is able to, um, able to promote violence on a public street. And it's just, it's terrifying. It's, it's really terrifying and it's, kind of amazing that like this whole thing is the start of this of of a dystopic society um after i'm i'm getting ahead a little bit here but um first after after that when when Jamie's in the hospital and he's watching the results and and Waldo um commands so, like he promises uh money to whoever throws a shoe at, at Monroe and just like the fact that someone does, and I think that that's actually a, um, a, uh, a reference to someone throwing a shoe at George W. Bush, um, but seeing that seeing that shoe being thrown like instantly is just it's haunting. It's it's mesmerizing, and like this is the start of a dystopic society. It's it's amazing. Jamie has lost everything. He's homeless, um, and then as he's walking along and he sees the Waldo insignia all over things on fighter jets on like on screens everywhere. Like Waldo is this idea that's representative that's taking control. That's uh, from my perspective, toppling governments and toppling like it's taking control of the public in such a way that the thing I found really fascinating about this episode is that when, when Jamie hurls a bottle at the screen depicting Waldo, he's tased by, um, the police. And that's like, that's so, that's so haunting. That's an incredible, um, scene to end on because that's, it's the start of a horrible dystopic society. And, um, I haven't really read much about, uh, this, this theory or, or the, uh, idea that every, that black mirror in itself is all, Connected and it's all in the same universe, just depicted in different times. Um, I haven't read much about it, but I like the idea of, of like this follow this leads into 15 million merits pretty well um, in terms of like far future um, and everything because we have this society that's crumbling and it's the it, it's being controlled by this um, brand that at the helm of it could be anyone or could be any idea or any any terrible thing. Um, and it can inflict its will upon an entire populace. And, uh, as we saw in 15 million merits, you know, everyone is a slave to, um, to media and to, to their job of, of creating energy and, and on the bikes and everything. It's all a class struggle and everything. Um, So yeah, I, I'm kind of running out of things to talk about in this episode. Um, again, it's, it's really haunting to me to see it this time around because we've been so, um, I've, I've been so inundated with, you know, the Trump stuff and all of the, the presidential campaigns going on now. And it's just, I'm, I'm tired of it and I'm, I just, I, can't stand politics. And it's so hard to argue everything because you don't, no one argues anything or no one has a discussion. I've, I've, every time I see people talk about politics, it's always done them yapping back and forth with their viewpoints. And then no one, no, no one's opinion ever changes or no one sees the other one's opinions. Like when there's anytime I see like, Oh, well this candidate, said this or whatever. Well, it's like, okay, well, um, the other candidate did this. It's like, no, you're, you're deflecting. But anyway, so, so the Waldo moment is an amazing episode. Um, it's not my favorite of, of this crop of Black Mirror episodes. Um, I would probably rank it pretty low. I think it's better than the national anthem though. Um, th- even this time around, I think that it's, well, this time around, I would say it's probably about even with the national anthem. Um, So I think that those two would be kind of like my bottom tier Black Mirror episodes um, so far. Um, Not that there's anything particularly wrong with them. It's just, it's funny, they both deal with politics or politicians, but um, that's kind of a happy accident. But they're also the most grounded to an extent. And we're seeing in the Waldo moment, we see kind of the beginning of, of some big thing that's world changing, but it's still grounded in reality. And it's, I don't, I'm not saying that that factors into what I didn't latch on to that much about it, but I found several parts of this episode compelling and interesting and well done. But ultimately it's, it just wasn't my favorite, uh, but it's still very good and I enjoyed it. So that does it for this bonus review of Black Mirror. Um, the Waldo moment. And next time I will have a bonus review of White Christmas, the Christmas special um, that will finish out my bonus review series of the first two series of Black Mirror and will afford me to go right into the new season of Black Mirror that premiered on Netflix on October 21st. And on the main side of things, the main side of the podcast, Anthology, my main reviews. Um I'll be reviewing the episode thirty-one of the Twilight Zones first season, The Chaser, in episode twenty-six of anthology. I'm not sure what my bonus review for that episode will be, but check it out at anthologypod.com. And if it's up if you're listening to this after that episode comes up, uh, you can find it at anthologypod.com slash zero two six. So having said all that, uh, thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Anthology presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find more episodes at anthologypod.com and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get, the higher the show will be ranked in iTunes search results, making it easier for people to discover it and grow the podcast. Of course, you can always email me your thoughts and feelings about the show to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also tweet me at obsessiveviewer, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, or you can call and leave me a voicemail at 317 762 6099 for a chance to have it played on the show if you like what you've heard here i urge you to check out the obsessive viewer a weekly movie and TV podcast I host with my friends Mike and Tiny. Also check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer com, where I write movie reviews, TV reviews, and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. If you want even more obsessive content in your life, subscribe to the Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer, and check out obsessive dot our sister site for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious. Check out my friend Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.